Hello. Hello. Hey, Matt. Hey, Trish. Wait, is it Friday already? It is Friday. Do you know what that means? Time, Time for, for an intercontinental kiki. kiki. All right. Hey, Trish. Hey, Matt. It's another Friday. Yeah, time for another Kiki. Time seems to fly Uh, by. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we were gone for a week. Um, Life was really hectic. (laughs) Yeah, we had to take a little break from for a minute. (laughs) Re reconfigure ourselves, um, which we did. Mm -hmm. Great interview today for everyone. Yeah, I'm. This is one I'm really excited about. So uh, yeah, we had we had Rosie Bush from In the Kitchen with Rosie and Blazed All Our Lives, and we were lucky enough for later on the program to talk to Sister Indica, the creator. Right, the creator, the editor, producer, star, um, score, everything in between. Like, you Blazed name it. All Our Lives. You name it, she does it. Um, but yeah, so uh, how are how are things with you? Let's let's catch up. Let's catch up. Um, things are good. Um, you know, thing same in Florida. It's the same thing, different day. We've been having rainy weather, so just it's gonna be a wet hurricane season. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> how are things with you? Um, it's been. Okay, so I'm trying to think of all the time that we've been gone. Okay, so um, it's been all right. It's been insanely hot for this time of year in Calgary. So um, we've just been like getting pummeled with like 90 degree weather, Ew. which is not cool. We are just dying here. So um, that's kind of mainly been what I've been doing. Um, Charlie Hyde's bingo was that happened, the reunion, which was Ooh, so okay. much fun. You lost power during the bingo reunion. I, I lost power. I was literally, I had wake, woken up from like a quick nap because I'm like, I have to be awake to play and then I have to work. Let me get, get my like pre-work nap early since I work until basically four in the morning. Yeah. And it's like, I woke up, I'm like, wait, there's no freaking power. Oh my God, that is so brutal. Uh, you did miss a good time. She is doing, Charlie's doing a birthday bingo, so. Okay. Hopefully the universe will conspire against me. Yeah, hopefully um, hurricane season will be kind to you. On, Uh I think it's July 11th. Okay. I think, yeah. Yeah, we're hoping for a a more of a calm. Well, July 11th, I'm I'm working on, um, on actually going to see Nicole and playing bingo live with her okay well I mean if you have to do another bingo then you have to do another bingo Bingo. I mean I would do a bingo in person if I could but well I mean it's been a while I've been you know we call you me and um, Bianca our friend we call ourselves the Nicole soccer fan club (laughs) as a joke and I've been derelict on my soccer duties so I figured it's time that I go and if I can get if I can get that time off to go play bingo and see her, why not? And her bingos always come with a free beer, so her her bingos come with alcohol. Yeah, they always come with a free of, drink. I love that. 
lots of cursing. Well, yeah, it's Nicole. And inappropriate jokes, which is my favorite. <laughs> I do. I do miss that. I miss that about caption that because I find like that unless it's forbidden bingo on Thursdays, I find it's a little bit more uh, family friendly than I like my drag bingo to be. <laughs> Yeah, I love Charlie, but Charlie is very much like PG thirteen or like approval for like corporate things and like families and stuff like that. Because she does have kids. Yeah, there's some younger viewers that do tune in for her bingo, so I totally get why she she keeps it more PG thirteen. Yeah, and it's still a great time. I just like when things get dirty. And it's still a great time, don't get me wrong. But, oh my god, um, I lit. Charlie Hyde's bingo is what reignited my love for bingo. But it, there's something about, you know, going Filthy Drag to, Queens? Going to Filthy Drag Queens and then she just is being, um, like, sponsored or supported by Hustler. Oh, that's awesome. So the, so some of the prizes come from Hustler. So it's like, okay. <laughs> good oh, times, awesome. good times. That's wicked. Um, is it fucking... <laughs> Like so much drag race has happened. <laughs> oh my god, drag! Can, can we please go to drag race España for a second? Because you okay, have so we'll start. We'll start. Me. We'll start with España, and then we'll work our way. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, you have traumatized me. <laughs> okay, I'm. I, I thought everybody noted. Okay, so, um, I guess I should start by. Okay, so during the Lavaneno, um, runway. Right. That was the yeah. That was the runway. That was the week we missed. That was La Veneno. And for those who don't know, just preface this, um, La Veneno, or Christina, is a huge um, LGBTQIA uh, plus icon in Spain. She's a, um, it's a, there's a series called Veneno on HBO Max about her life. So I've seen it. I recommend it. But I digress. Go ahead. Um, okay. So yeah, they were all coming out in very scantily clad looks in the mm-hmm. spirit. Um, but Sagittaria came out with her balls blatantly showing. Wait, like, I, I realized, I noticed that I just thought, oh, okay, that's a weird, it's a placement of like the, the, the lapel or whatever that's called, or like the applique yeah. or whatever. And then you pointed out, no, that's her balls. Yeah, there's like glitter with her balls framed right around it. It's like that, it's, it really takes you out of the illusion when you see the balls. I like I, that's how you drama and I'm like oh I'm thinking oh you know it's, it's like it's she has a little pooch or I, I didn't think it was the balls because I thought like once you tuck you don't see them. No, you pop okay. you put them up from wh- whence they came. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was a that was a interesting. Um, that was the week we life were choice. Wrong. This. Yeah, that was a week before we were gone, but we didn't get a um, chance to talk about it. Then this week, the last week's episode was the whole Inti drama. Oh, uh, I don't like, I don't even know if I want to give this the time because like, it was just so unnecessary. I'd almost rather shit talk their terrible diva performances. <laughs> Let's shit talk their terrible diva performances. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean like yeah. coming off of such great song like a great song like UK hun what mm-hmm. the fuck were they singing <laughs> and the thing is with most of the songs that they've done even in the group challenges where um, like they write their own lyrics the chorus is the same yeah the chorus was completely different 
it was so it was so confusing to listen to and read like as someone who like doesn't speak enough spanish to just like watch the show without subtitles those mm -hmm. songs were the most confusing thing to try and do mm -mm. and like pay attention to as a viewer as someone who speaks spanish it was confusing as fuck okay so it wasn't that wasn't even something that was just lost in translation it was just confusing it's just confusing as hell yeah and then i was watching um, like they looked great like most of them looked great for the performances like i was like oh they all look good but like they look they look good but it's like i was watching the performances and i'm like wow spain, spain is not big on dancing especially i was especially inti her performance was like so boring low so low energy so low energy Oh God! And then no, to sit there no, and be no. like, "I'm giving you my all." No, bitch. If you're all, if that's your all, it's a Xanax. Well, it's like what was it that they? I don't know if they said it um, that episode or the, this one. Um, they were like, because she made up the excuse that she didn't. She was saving her like, she was saving her ammunition for a late for. Oh for yes, that along. was that was this past week. She's like. I, I was saving my bigger tricks for later down the road. They're like, bitch. Um, no, because you're going last home. last words. Like, bitch, you could be going home. You need to give it your fucking all. All the time. Every time. Every single time. Like, every single time you go out on that runway, you should be expecting that you might have to lip sync. At yeah. least that's how I feel. I feel like, like, no matter how good you did, there should always be this, like, oh, shit, what if I have to lip sync? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's I like, agree. They they do it to girls just to fuck them up. Like we I, saw it on All Stars with Roxy Andrews. They literally just kept putting her in the bottom to see if they could break her. Well, I'm not commenting on that because I have my. They own didn't opinions. break her. They didn't break her. No. But you know what I mean? Like it, oh, speaking we know, of like Rock we know Drag Race production does this shit to these girls to like yeah. put them through the ringer. So like you have to be tougher than that. Yeah. Oh, I know you don't want to give um time to drama but i will have to say i gained a lot of respect for supreme oh yeah you want to talk about supreme yeah that's fine yeah, I'll, I'll let you do that that's i'll give that time i i, I have to say i gained a lot of respect for supreme because very briefly inti had a meltdown and decided to leave the state to leave the competition and um they actually supreme actually had to get out of the judging panel step out from behind and come backstage and talk to them and you could tell prop that they had been talking for at least a little bit of time or they had tried production had tried to talk to her the girls had tried supreme had tried and when they actually showed supreme in the workroom she was fed up oh she was done yeah she Just was done. like er yeah, in I think what was comment something along the lines in team made of like you don't judge my drag fairly or like you don't you can't judge my drag. Yeah. That set Supreme off. She's like, Yes, I can. This is a fucking competition. This is what you signed up for. Yeah, I don't I don't like I get like it might be the first iteration of Drag Race Espana, but like you can't expect things to be different from Drag Race. It's like, bitch, you know what you're signing up for. You may not understand the pressure, like how hard the pressure is or what the pressure, like, cooker will entail. 
Yeah. But you signed up to fucking get judged. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I, I have a little bit of tea for you. Oh, spill, 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 spill. Okay, so our friend Nick the Couple. Yas. Okay, so I got to talk to Nick today for a couple of minutes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, and- I missed a call from Nick. I'm just, I'm so, I have a sinus cold right now, which is probably why everyone's like, you sound different. Yeah, it's because I have a sinus cold. Um, but I got to talk to Nick and Nick spilled a little tea. Ooh, and? On the competition. Funny you should bring up Roxy Andrews. Okay. Because guess who's going to be at the drag search competition the first night Nick is um, of the competition? Miss Andrews? Miss Andrews. Oh my God. So Roxy Andrews will be in the house at Rascals July 16th for the drag search competition. Ooh, I should send Nick a big tip to give to Roxy just to like say our podcast name. Um, (laughs) that'd be killer for real but no and then Nick is actually performing at Rascals this week tomorrow which would be well she's performing this weekend so she would probably be performing um, yeah she's performing at Rascals more often now so she has a performance this kind of weekend. So she is very excited. He's very excited. I'm glad they're getting more it. gigs. Yeah, because the Dry King gigs were not coming in. So yeah, she's she's saying that um, things are kind of looking up, and with the gigs for them, that they already have a performance. When we air this podcast, it would have gone on, and hey. so she's so there. He's excited about it. Well, snaps for Nikki slash Nick to Couple. Yes. Friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Collabor- yep. And collaborator because we will be getting updates from Nick. Oh, yes. We're getting all the tea about drag search, which I'm so... I can't wait for this shit to start. Like... I know. And Nick I want to like, get into get it. A, yeah, Nick is like, get a babysitter. Come up. Come up. Because <laughs> ah. I, I live about three hours away from where Nick is. Oh, that's okay. So he's like, come up. Like, I, I don't, I can't. I work. Yeah, that's a bit of a track. It's a bit of a track, but would still be worth it. Oh my God, so worth it. Um, and anything for good drag is worth it. So, yeah. This, so this past, okay, so we're kind of jumping all over the place. Oh, fuck yeah, that's what we do best. It's what we do best, but you know what? We took a week off. We have a lot to catch up on. Yeah. So yeah, we have the finale of Australia. On Saturday, right? Tomorrow. Yeah, this Saturday, right? This Saturday. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. So we have the finale. So it's be so who is your one to win? Um Okay, so what we have Karen, we have Art. Uh, and we have Kita. You have Karen from Finance, yeah. Kita Mean, Art Simone, and Scarlett Adams. Okay, um, Scarlett Adams go fuck herself. I don't want her to win at all. Um, I'll be, I'll, I'll actually be pissed. Um, 
Art Simone is going to win, but I want Keto to win. I I know I I say that all fucked up, but it's like I watched I watched the show for its production too. So like the art, I I you see can it tell. going I'm to sorry. art. I see you it going to tell. art. There's there, there's only one reason she came back and she's been around this long is they're just gonna give her the crown. I will say this: I have been an Art Simone fan for a while, and I've said this before on the podcast. You've been calling her winning I've, from day one. I've she was my girl to win, and I want her to win. I yeah. think she, out of all the girls, she is the most polished um, yeah. as far as not being stuck in like a bubble like Karen from finance because Karen is pretty polished. Yeah. But, um, but very one trap, like one month, like um, one note. She's still, yeah, she's still stuck in this box where she needs to like, she just started pulling herself out of. Yeah. I mean, Kita, I actually want Kita to win. Oh, I want Kita to win so bad, but I know Art will win. I want because there's to only win. one I... reason they brought her back out of the fucking blue, literally like what, like a week, the week after she left. Uh, um, I think we've, I think we've talked about this, like the the drama and the temper tantrum turned a lot of their fans off for like a hot minute. I, yeah, I still don't follow them on Instagram. Um, yeah, like I, it, it it turned me off for like a good two hot minutes or whatever but I'm like you know what I know she's a fabulous queen but it's like A you like you said you can tell they brought her art back for a reason because there's no other reason why they wouldn't have brought back Coco Jumbo and Jojo Zaho yeah but that's what to that's how fair. I'm like she's got the crown yeah oh yeah but I want Keita to win oh I, I want Keita to win too Kita's I my think Kita favorite. She, you know that Kita actually hosted a, a show called House of Drag. Yeah, I tried to watch it. It's pretty rough. <laughs> it's rough. Um, it's but rough. They actually, it's rough. But she hosted. I think she hosts it with Anita. Yeah, she does. Anita Wiglet. Yeah, I saw a couple of episodes, like one or two episodes of it. It was just like it was rough. But it was cute. It was a yeah. mix, I think, between um, a drag drag race and Big Brother. Yeah, they were all living in one house. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting kind of competition, like because it's like competition, but they all live together, and then yeah. Yeah, I just can't remember if Electra Shock was there. I can't remember honestly. Like I watched one episode, but. Um, I have like, to watch it again. Yeah, I've watched so much watch drag content and I've had so many other things to worry about that it's like, I don't really think I actually paid attention because I'm pretty sure I tried to watch an episode while I was moving, which means I like had zero focus on anything. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, moving I, I is, watched I'm it. so like, I'm still over moving. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you guys settled in? Um, we're settled, but there's definitely like there's still more boxes. We have to like a few more boxes of the storage unit we have to pull out, and then I have to oh, get God. then I have to get Eve to get a smaller storage unit because she needs what well, like she'll still need a storage unit for the yarn, and then we have to start going through the yarn. So, oh God, the yarn, the yarn. Yeah, it's okay. I figure if I just like microdose my way through it, it'll go a lot easier. <laughs> I feel like that's my best think, bet. Yeah, I think you may have to to get through it. I did a microdose today to see if it would clear my sinuses. It's slowly working. Oh, good. 
yeah honestly at this point i'm desperate i've been like i've tried taking telenol advil uh i tried taking an aries just because i was like fuck it maybe it is allergies even though my body aches and i have a cough you know what i mean like it's definitely a sinus cold but i was like fuck it maybe it's not so i've literally tried everything under the sun i've like done sinus rinses so it's just like you know what fuck it i don't care anything that works at this point i'm so over this it's, it's head, it, like it's day two of feeling like this and it's just like I have shit to do around the house I want to clean I want to you know what I mean and I just, I just don't have the energy and it, it pisses me off <laughs> yeah that's that's that, that's the worst though like when and I'm you also know like you now I'm, I'm like things. paranoid I'm gonna transmit it to my mother-in-law so I'm like I told her I was like <sighs> I'm keeping a distance until further notice <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it sucks like when you feel like because I used to I've I've been there like when you feel like so drained of energy but you're like but I have to cook and I have to clean and I have to do this and you know there's someone that needs me to do that for them but I can't move yeah I mean you know like I don't care I'll get in a drag still if I have to you know what I mean like that's why I'm just like I'll just sit around for a good like couple hours in the morning and just try and like save up my energy for when I need it the most yeah like this right now (laughs) because let me tell you um trish can attest to this until i hit that record button i am like hey trish how's it going (laughs) yeah something about when when something about when he goes okay we're recording like hey and then i yeah i like it i don't know why it just turns on it's weird and what pisses me off is that i know i'm on right now like for recording and i'm super into it but i can still hear the cold and that's pissing me off <laughs> maybe it's that pissing off and that pissed off energy that's making you like okay i got and i have to do this yeah i don't know but like there's de- you know, the people are definitely going to notice um a difference between the kiki and the interview because we recorded the interview in the earlier at another oh, at yeah. earlier time so yeah i sound normal in that but Oh my god, that that interview though, like that. Oh was my god, yes. Let's, so let's good. do a little dish about the interview before we cut to it because. Uh, so good, like yeah. I I was like literally like when because we like to talk to the guests a little bit, you know, get comfortable, yeah. get a rhythm and a flow going. It's like, what was the first thing you said when I came on? You're like, oh my oh god, my god. I can't you, remember. You can hear a squeal. I did a lot. Like, see, because like I think we. We did that before I did a bunch of acid for bingo. So I bear, yeah, like I remember what we talked about, but like mm, negligible. Um, no, I just remember like, like cause sister, usually you and I are on first. We talk a little bit, like we made yeah. you the kiki. We made you the kiki portion first and then go ahead and record. In this case though, um, I don't, we all jumped on at the same time. And I was like the yeah. last one to come in. Like I sister Enrico was there already. I'm like, <gasps> I was like, and she, she, you were like, oh, she's already squealing. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that okay, yeah, that does that does ring a bell. Yeah, I'm sure someone's because, gonna someone will listen to it and be like, they'll tell me. Someone always tells me when I screw up my facts on my own self. So, <laughs> well, I don't think we recorded that part because that's part of what we got. We talked a lot of. Li- Oh yeah, there was like a good twenty minutes. Oh, well, minute. we recorded, and then we recorded like a good will, hour after. Yeah, I will assure everyone that like uh, there, we didn't talk about anything um, off record that didn't make it onto the record. So 
Um, that's right no one no like yeah which was the best part because like nothing really got left out no one gets to miss anything everyone gets the full the full dish the the full tea tea. oh my god like if you don't follow sister indica then all of this information is going to just blow your mind that we have yes yeah please (laughs) please like um we're gonna post the links to her stuff like social her web i believe her website and then her social media is going to be on there if you have not listened to blaze to joy bomb if you don't follow her please do yeah because yeah no you're gonna you're going to be so interested in everything that she talks about that you're going to want to seek her out anyway so you might as well just do it now before we go to like before we go to our break and then you can just be all primed and ready to go which would be the best thing to do yeah, we're, yeah um, so I think we, we should go ahead give them a break yeah before we jump into before we cut into the interview that we did so take this time look her up sister indica just like the marijuana strain and maybe smoke a bowl or two yeah um yeah get into the spirit of the interview highly recommend it I certainly did so um yeah I guess Trish we'll just cut to the interview Let's get to the interview, and hopefully you guys will have as much fun listening to it as we did recording it and talking to, to Sister Indica. All right. Yeah, I know. That was a blast. I'm I'm so excited for this. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, it, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll be able to have her back on once um, the new season of Blaze comes on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh... We will, I guess we'll just go to a sponsor and then we'll be back. All right. Thanks. We'll enjoy the interview and we'll catch you guys soon. Bye. Bye. All right. Hello, Trish. Hello, Matt. All right, so we have, uh, well, you know, I'm going to let you do this one. This one's, you're super excited. Yeah, like this is the, these. this is one, like, one for the, for, like, meeting one of the, like, one of the people I'm the biggest fan of. So today we have a very special guest today. We have Sister Indica with us. Woo! <laughs> Welcome, Sister Indica. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. We're so excited. Are you to folks? Talk sorry, to you. folks, folks. That's gender. That's gender neutral. No, folks. it's okay, guys, folks, people. And that's folks with an X. Folks, folks with an with X. X. Oh, I like that. Okay. I like that. <laughs> we appreciate you taking the time out and coming to talk to us. We're really excited to have you today. You guys are really hyping me up way too much. Well, like we actually like. <laughs> Okay, so like we actually just really love. Blaze. I'm literally nobody. <laughs> yeah, but like we love Blaze. So Blaze all our lives, which is like I your, know. I guess like I tell people it's a soap opera in podcast format. It's exactly uh, it. Yeah, it's a soap opera. Yeah. It's an audio uh, or audio drama. That's uh, the genre it's considered. There's a whole audio drama community. So yeah, I would call it yeah. that too. Yeah. So like we we love that show. So like that's that's mainly why we're so excited to have you here. Like we had Rosie. And we talked about Blaze, but like, you write Blaze. You created the whole thing, so right. this is, yeah, this is awesome for us. <laughs> well, thank you. I loved your I loved your interview with Rosie. I heard it. 
Um, Thank you. I did want to make sure I came on here to set the record straight about a few things that she said. Okay, so, um, we're here for that. So I want to dive right into the drama right now. Please say, go. And, <laughs> just kidding. Um, Rosie was actually absolutely right with what she said. Um, she is she is my muse. She is absolutely my muse. Um, when I saw her video, like she mentioned that she did this little video for a group called um, Fierce Friends of Phoenix. It's like an organization in the Phoenix area where they kind of like, they're like a social group, but they also do things for the community. They do like raise money and do events and fund fundraisers and food drives and toy drives and all that kind of stuff. Fantastic yeah. group. So she did a video for them to, you know, just get toys for a toy drive. And it was like a one minute long video and she had barely done drag. Maybe this is like her second or third time doing drag. Very rough, but the writing of this little one minute video and the way she, the character that she had created for it, I just, it was just like, I saw a whole world in my mind like explode into being. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. And I totally had the idea to, to then write Blazed All Our Lives. So she's absolutely my muse. So I just wanted to confirm that she wasn't lying. She's telling the truth. Oh, well, I, I love that you started off right with a confirmation of facts instead of just like, like you, you wanted to go right into the drama, which I was very excited for. But I love that she actually was your muse in that entire thing. Her character, absolutely. honestly, like her character kills me. As I said well, before, her it's, voice. It's, it's her the, voice. The voice and the way she delivers those one-liners you wrote. It's the voice for me. Like that's how I cast anyone for this because obviously it is audio. It's not. It's not visual. So it's it's all about the voice. So I when I know people, I've met people, I hang out with people. Like what what they don't what they don't realize is while I'm simultaneously talking to them, I'm like basically sizing up their voice in my mind going, hmm, they have a really great voice. I think I might have them do something with me, you know? Cause I'm always listening for voices. So, yeah. so hearing her voice, it was just the most gorgeous tone. And yes, the way that she was delivering the lines in that video, I'm like, oh, this is, it just, it, it just burst into life. And then just, I have, I take so much joy in writing for her. Like I love to write for her. So just know anytime you hear Rosie delivering any line, I had a lot of, lot of fun writing it. I say, like, I, I've listened to Blaze since like it first came out, and I say I can't imagine the voices are perfectly cast for each character. Like I couldn't imagine anybody else like the voice with that character. I couldn't imagine anything else. Yeah, and I just, I'm the I'm the I'm her biggest fan. Like I am her biggest fan. I just love everything she does. I saw so much potential in her from that one video. I'm like, oh no 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 like. I got to know this person and I never intended to like take on a mentorship role with her. I just, I just wanted to work with her like as an equal, but she yeah. definitely saw me as a mentor and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I would love, I'll teach you everything I know and more like I will, whatever it takes. Like I'm, I, I really consider myself her momager more than anything momager. else. I love it. I think right, she, you know, she was absentee mother. I'm definitely an absentee mother. I absolutely am. She was, she's a hundred percent right. I really don't like, I really don't like having drag children of any kind because I have too much going on in my own life. And I just don't feel like I want to have to, you know, it's just like, I'm just, 
I'm a loner. I'm a solitary person. Yeah. So it's just like, I just like to just do what I do. And I, I don't like to have too many things asked of me, you know? That's so, fair. so that's one of the reasons I don't take on drag children. Cause it's like, to me, then it's an obligation. Like, then I feel like I'm, I, I have to make time for them and make them a priority because that's just how seriously I take my, that role. Um, and I definitely did on a lot. I definitely see it as more of a, a consult, a, like a, a consultant, you know, like come okay. to me when you want to be, when you, we need to consult with somebody about business decision or a creative idea, like I'll be your consultant. Oh, so, so yeah, drag uh, momager totally so sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to try to morph her into anything. Like I, I, that's a misnomer when people think of the role of drag mother, I don't think of it as to mold them. I think of it as just to support them, to nurture them, to put them in their place if they ever need it. Rosie's yeah. never needed it because she's a capable, uh, bright adult. And I don't need to <laughs> tell her anything because she is an adult. So I don't, I just see myself as more of a, you bounce ideas off me, vent to me. You know, if you're upset, something's happening, vent to me. You can just lay all on me and I can just guide you and give you advice if you ask for it, but I'm not going to offer it. Sounds which is like not sisters. actually not true, which is not true. I do offer a lot of advice, creative advice to her. Yeah. Which she may or may not take, which is fine with me, but I just can't help myself. I have to tell her certain, I'm like, hey, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. But you know, she's her own person. Well, the fact that you you not only do blades, you have Joy Bomb, you're a which is a, a podcast that you host. You've done this um, drag show will self destruct. Um, mm -hmm. This talk show will self destruct. Now you definitely are someone that can offer creative advice and ideas for her. Yeah, so I'm, I I'm, don't... yeah. Thank you. I'm a, I, I am a multimedia artist, so. The very first thing I did as an artist before I, you know, became Sister Indica, but just as a child, the very first thing I did creatively was write soap operas. And I set these soap operas in this fictitious town called Misty River. So, like, oh, I mean, I've, wow. been writing, I've been writing about the town of Misty River since I was like seven or eight years old. And I was writing like actual, like, anthology like soap operas they just never ended they just kept going the stories kept changing it just it never had an ending yeah, and like, like days of our lives and the other big soap operas like it's exactly like the same characters and right. it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling it never ends right exactly never stops <laughs> yeah and yeah and i was i was like thinking like trying to like i'm like why would a child why would i as a child want to write soap operas what is it about it that appealed to me and it was really you know very clearly any any some anyone who studies psychology for one minute can like see the right on the on that wall obviously it was escapism i wanted to escape my reality you know <laughs> so so it was my way of you know escaping the reality that i was living in which was just a very i was born and raised in detroit very very poor a lot of drama trauma soap operatic stuff happening in my actual life. Um, it appealed to me as like a way to escape. So I was escaping to this to this fictitious town called Misty River since I was like seven years old. And when I met Rosie and the idea for Blaze came, I'm like, well, of course, where am I gonna set it? I'm gonna, I've got, I've, there's only one place I could put a show in Misty River. Okay. So- well, Especially uh, like you had already made the, you had already made the place like, 
I already, right, I already created yeah. the universe in my head. So it was a very easy place to go because in my mind, it's so, it's so detailed. So, you know, I, I, I hope that I'm always interested, you know, like to like, you know, we all make up our own things in our mind, especially when you're listening to like an audio drama, you're like painting your own picture with your own imagination, uh, what the characters look like, what they're wearing, the the scene, like the, 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 the settings of the places. So, yeah. you know, in my mind, it's, it's clear as a bell, but it's always interesting. It's like, yeah, but unless you really describe it with a great lot, a great lot of detail people are really drawing their own pictures in their mind which is kind of amazing that everyone has their own idea of what all this stuff looks like what all these people look like it's, it's just i don't yeah. know I, I, that's what i love about it being something you listen to versus something you watch it really i think i think our individual imaginations are way more colorful more vivid more full of life than anything i could put like on video it's gonna limit it yeah, that's true. Uh, that's like kind of like um, when you read a book and then they turn it into a movie, and it's just like it kind of it's like never as good. Yeah, it's never as good because yeah. it's it stunts like it. Well, it also like stunts like your imagination when you read the book again. Right. Because it's just like now there's like this solid visual of how it happened. Meanwhile, before you had this fantastic visual of how it happened. Right. Exactly. That's why I think I, I mean I think that's why I gravitated toward reading so much as a child like I was a voracious reader it was this wonderful escapism and you could totally create these especially if you're a, a creative person you know I had a very vivid imagination so I would just really be able to escape into books and I just I would just read so I mean I was reading so many books at such a young age and just gobbled up like I was like it, I remember I was in seventh grade and my math teacher in middle school this old not sorry english teacher this old old woman who obviously lived alone and probably just had a bunch of cats like a spinster but she was a big fan of this writer named sydney shelton sydney sheldon okay and he wrote like these like trashy romancy type novels oh, okay. but they were like but they were like adult books yeah. And I, like I was such a fan. I, I had I always read his books. And so we bonded over our love of Cindy Sheldon books. And we would trade books and stuff like that. And it's like this is like a 60-year-old woman. So like that is basically my taste level. Is that that is <laughs> since, hilarious. Since childhood, I had the taste of a 60-year-old woman. <laughs> that so that's where I'm always operating from. That is that's amazing. Where I'm always coming from. That's my that's my POV. Like the visual that you just gave me of like this like young boy swapping a very adult Books. romance novels with this like old six year old woman <laughs> in school is just fantastic. My English teacher, yeah, yeah that is I've, so I've great. Of like sneakily, like once class is over, you come here like swapping books, and no one else can see like that kind of cool right. things. What I'm picturing and gossiping about the storylines, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I shouldn't be reading this. It's like I'm a in seventh deal. grade, right? I'm like, I'm in seventh grade. Like I was like reading like Stephen King in like fifth grade, like just reading like. You know, all of his books. I was a, such a huge Stephen King and a huge fan of Dean Koontz, who's also a horror writer, like science. Yeah. Very, he's My like best friend in elementary, like in uh, high school, was obsessed with Dean Koontz. I think she oh. read like every single one of his books. Yes. So he was like my jam. So Dean Koontz, Stephen King, Sidney Sheldon, these are all like the people I was, um, Tom Robbins, like who wrote Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Um, 
you know, like I was just, that was what I, I that was my shit, like as a kid. Now so, I see where you like get your ability to tell good stories. Cause like you've just right. you've read so many good stories. Oh yes, exactly. And I don't, and I don't ever claim or think of myself as doing anything original at all. Like yeah. I've never thought anything I've ever done was ever original. It's always like a combination and a remix of influences, whether it's television shows, films, books, music, uh, fashion, whatever, you you know, just whatever. It's like, yeah. it's a remix. It's a regurgitation of it, but it's certainly not original. Like I'm not creating anything new. I'm just taking elements of things I love and I'm putting, I'm just remixing it through my own personal filter, which, you know, everyone's personal filter is unique. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's the same as the way that everyone sees something differently. Everyone, you know, expresses something differently. Like you, you have to, it's because you're, it's coming through your experiences and your life story and stuff like that. So, but it's not new. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's the fun part of writing about writing a soap opera is that you can basically rely on so many of these established tropes, tropes. and then yeah. just it kind of, you know, writes itself. But yeah, I, I think I, sorry, sorry Matt. Okay, like there's no, I I honestly, like I'm a big fan of Peaches Christ. Oh, I love And her. like, all she does is like take classic movies and give them a drag twist and like, you know what I mean? Put her own individual twist on it and I love it. And like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel anymore, honestly. Like, just, you just have to entertain people. That's all they want. Yeah, I mean, I rarely see or hear anything that I'm like, that is something completely new. Like, I've never yeah. heard that before. I mean, it's, it, it, it is all just a, a rehashing of something that you've, you've seen or, or a mishmash, combination, mashup, whatever you want to call it. It is absolutely touched by other things and your experiences. It's not created in a vacuum at all. There's yeah. just nothing, there's nothing that I have ever seen or heard that I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's new. It's always been mm. like, oh, I can totally see the inspiration. Oh, it's very, it's got a Bowie vibe to it. Or, oh, I can totally see like, like, I mean, I was remember listening to like a lot of bands like in the early, like 2000s and, uh, and just going, wow, like this is a really cool new sound. Man, I don't think I've heard this type of sound before. But then I realized, then I heard like some Joy Division from the 80s. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah. Joy Division. <laughs> They're basically yep. like regurgitating Joy Division <laughs> or or it's a very clear, obvious inspiration from Joy Division. So I'm like, oh, even something that I thought was like uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, something new was really just uh, obviously inspired by Joy Division. I'm like, oh, okay. See, nothing's new. There is nothing new. You just maybe don't right. know the reference. <laughs> But it, it yep. takes talent too, though, and imagine, like, like you said, creativity to actually take something, an inspiration, and actually give it your own twist and make yeah. it your own. Because I've seen lots of people try to like reinvent the wheel, and it's pretty much like, okay, so you're pretty much doing this with different people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like how many how many times do they try and remake movies that they've already made? It's like stop right or even like like my favorite tv show in the entire world is golden girls i i worship yes. golden girls i live and breathe it i study it like i'm going to write a thesis <laughs> about it like i go i, I, I go deep watching i just started watching it from season one 
Oh my God, you're in for it. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's just to me, it's it doesn't get any better than that. So my entire humor is really rooted in the Golden Girls, um, Roseanne, like yes. these shows where, you know, with a lot of sarcasm, a lot of bitchy barbs, a lot of just slide comments. Like that's where my, my um, inspiration really, my humor really comes from. That's where it was developed from. But even Golden Girls is like, you've seen how people have replicated that same formula elsewhere because it's the trope of the slutty friend, the dumb friend, the serious, more, you know, buttoned up friend. You know, it's like they have yeah. the, the, these tropes and you see it repeated pretty much in any- Sex in the city. Every show, yeah. any like any show yeah. that has a group of people, not even women, people. You have the dumb one, you have the slutty one. And it's like, they all play these kind of like roles. So, so I saw, you know, I just, I, you just, you pick up the patterns of things and go, okay, these are patterns, these are tropes. You know, how can you take this, this pattern, this trope and put your own kind of twist on it? But yeah, it's, I, I just see that. I really do think it's quite fun to, to even sometimes like hide a reference or like maybe like, a, like an Easter egg and hope that people pick it up. You know, like yeah. Barry, Barry references. I like to do that too. Um, and sometimes you'll get it and sometimes you won't, but if you, you don't have to get it to like it, but I do like to include that stuff as much as I can, like little Easter eggs of things. Drag Race is criminal for that. And like any of their acting challenges, they're always burying like lines from different movies that RuPaul. Of loves. course, exactly. Yeah. And like RuPaul is the pinnacle of take your experiences and your influences, remix them and put them out. Like he is just a pop culture, like a pop culture Rolodex spinning at all times right like like i don't I, literally I don't, I don't, have been created by the internet at this point right like and and, and that's not that's not a criticism at all that's actually no. like i think it's wonderful because i do love i'm a referential person too so i love when you you know when you can bury these little things in and, and because you have such a vast reference of music or tv or films like i love that he doesn't hide it as really what i should say as i love that he doesn't hide it that yeah. he is a rolodex of of pop culture references i love that he wears it so proudly on his sleeves yeah i i don't know i kind of love having that useless information sometimes oh, yeah. you're just like, like yeah reference anything to anything yeah but when you and when like you find those like little um references it makes that scene or that part like that much more enjoyable because you're like oh like it adds another layer to it even though you can enjoy it on its own yeah that, that, that's fun that's just fun for me as a as a writer it's it's something i enjoy doing for sure yeah. so speaking of writing um you are you're hard at work final installment of blazed or started okay well so originally when i started doing the show which is available um under blazed all our lives on any podcast you want to look up under you know, any feature or any uh, service that you use, you know, Spotify or Apple, but it is listed under Blaze All Our Lives. I changed my podcast name officially. But anyway, <laughs> uh, when I started doing it, I wanted to, the first the first one I actually did, the, it's called A Deadly Christmas, is the part one of Blaze All Our Lives. It was just going to be a Christmas special for my podcast, Joy Bomb, because I was, I don't do it any longer, but I did Joy Bomb since 2014. And it was just an interview show 
where I'd interview people or I would just do shows by myself where I would just blab and spill my guts and just talk shit. Um, but they got to the point where I started doing like really special episodes around Christmas because I just I'm, I'm obsessed with Christmas. I love Christmas. So I'm like, I always like to do something special. And every year I just started kind of like ramping up the production value and, and doing bigger and bigger things. And so I got to this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do something really fucking cool. I'm gonna do like an hour long soap opera based on meeting Rosie and you know this thing coming into mind. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a great Christmas special. So I wrote it just to be a Christmas special, just a one episode thing. And then I was, you know, just go back to normal and joy bomb. Yeah. But I just, it just came out so well and I loved it so much. And I'm like, Rosie, I think I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta turn this into a series. So then it became like an episodic series, five episodes a season. But it was because of Trish saying, you know, it'd be much <laughs> easier if I could listen to this as one long file versus chopped up by episode because it's you know it's easier to find your place if it's just one long episode yeah and so i just kept that in the back of my mind for a long after she told me just i just tucked it away and then i'm like you know what she's right what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna i'm actually because they're very much like you know stories with there's stories within stories it has a there's themes for every season yeah I'm like, you know what i'm just gonna re-edit it and have a deadly Christmas not serve as a pilot, but serve as its own standalone entity and just re-edit the other two se uh, seasons to be their own entities. And then moving forward, I will not write an episodic show. I will write them as basically how the format I used to write uh, a deadly Christmas, which was like within an hour, there's a certain arc to it. There's a certain, you know, kind of like build and fall. There's like a, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a formula I wrote for that template. <laughs> so right. I'm like, well, why don't I just follow that formula? Because it's, it, and then I can really, cr I can really focus the story more onto a very specific storyline. And it's just easier to listen to as a, as a listener. Cause it's like more focused. So you can follow it and you have something to look forward to and maybe like, oh, I hope this gets resolved. You know, you can really, really hone in on something. And then I decided yeah. also just because it's such a big production, just it's such a huge lift to do, to have a cast of 20 people, get everyone's schedules, record everyone individually, direct them all individually, edit everything, you know, like I do it all. So that is like, so much work. Like it is. I'm like, oh my god, this is so much work. Like I really just, I'm just a control bananas. freak, and I can't trust anybody to do any, to to do anything on my timeline. So I just do it all myself. <laughs> so I can relate so, to that. Yeah. So I decided yeah. to make I decided to make some other major changes, which is I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna focus the stories. I'm gonna keep it to like an hour and 15 minutes long. I'm going to reduce the cast, the cast significantly, basically have like under 10 people a, se uh, a season, quote unquote season. Yeah. And just make it easier on myself, easier on myself, easier on the listener to only have to like juggle 10 voices instead of 20 and character names and all that kind of stuff. You get to know the characters more because you get to dive in deeper to them and you get to really flesh out a story and have it really have a a good start build up and some type of resolution so that's that's the the format i'm following for the rest of the series so i just wrote part four which is, or actually i 
wrote it a while ago, but I um, we just did a table read <laughs> for part yeah. four, which is called Journey to Oblivion. So we are very close to starting production on that. Uh, it'll be done very soon. And the cast so is so the cast is so small. I'm like, I think we might be able to really get this done fairly quickly and then <laughs> jump right into the next one, part five, which is already written. And um, I let Rosie read the script for that. And she um, hasn't given me her feedback yet, but I have a feeling she will love it because it's very bonkers. And I was <laughs> on such a roll and I was so inspired that I put together my outline and fleshed out my outline for the sixth and final chapter. And I ended up writing the whole damn thing. So it's done. Like I'm done. Oh, wow. The whole That's series. Amazing. Now I just have to produce it. So. But it's, it's exciting um, to have like a roadmap all laid out and I just have to, it's just, it's a, it's a different mind, it's a different mindset to do production versus the writing. So it's, it's, it's fun. I like, I enjoy the production part of it. It's just, it is a lot of work. All right. Well, at least now with, like you said, the significantly reduced cast, the recording, the editing, the whole production should be a lot easier. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I imagine that we'll probably be able to get part four and part five done and ready and out in 2021 and then do part oh. six in the very beginning of 2022 oh wow i mean yeah it's work. it's that it's that it's just that work. it's just different it's just the way it's written is different and, and i'm just so happy with the way that i ended the story <laughs> with the way how we got there uh, kind of bringing things full circle. Very excited with the way that it kind of ends and um, and the paving of the way for the next project, which is going to be the prequel series. It's Ooh. going to be set. It'll be set in yeah. the nine. It'll be set in the nineties. It'll be very much young adult, like um, like any like like Riverdale, like okay, you know, like okay. almost. More like, well, no, well, kind of more like more. I would definitely say more Riverdale mixed with X Files, mixed with ooh, like nine hundred and twenty X Files. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, have a, it's real. gonna have, it's gonna definitely have an X Files, X Filesy kind of bend to it. Well, so I it's like Stranger Things, like Stranger Things, like Riverdale, oh, okay. like like these, you know, oh, these group wow. of young people and the shenanigans they get into. It's kind of that, and and, and everyone, everyone, every chapter of that every audio film every season is going to have a very specific story very unique story so very standalone as well so kind of like you know this is a little i don't know about you trish but i i, I don't for certain matt you probably have no idea about the sweet valley high books from like the 80s and before oh i do know about God. those you I okay. do. Sweet Valley High. So basically, that is my inspiration. Sweet Valley High, Babysitters Club. That's stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I basically yeah. want to do something like Sweet Valley High, where you have, you know, these same characters, but everything is standalone. It's like they're all these individual stories. Um, so I wanted to do something like that, and I'm just going to okay. set it in the mystery of a universe because it's so established, and I it's a place I like to, like to be. And it'll take place in the 90s and it will be a lot of the characters from the blaze series as teenagers and then a lot of other characters who were never in blazed who were referred to okay nice so and a lot of the storylines from blaze that talk about the past anything that anything that was referenced in the past okay. is going is going to play out you're going to see 
a lot of those storylines, how they actually happened. So we'll get to hear a little bit about Jim's past then. Oh, you'll get a lot of Jim's past, a lot of Rosie's past. Her mother will return because she'll have a big oh, part. I'm, you I'm know, I love Rosie's mom. I love Rosie's mom too. And there's just certain characters like that sometimes I will write and I expect them to be a very small role. But the actor is so fucking good that I'm like, God, I want to, I should write them in more. Um, so, so the actress um, that played Rosie's mother, I just loved her so much in her performance that I'm like, I got to put her in something. I got to save her for the prequel. I got to make sure that she has like a really big role in that. So she will definitely be back in a big way and she'll have a bigger role because she's like, you know, it's going to, it's going to focus more on the teenage lives, but also significantly on the adult lives. And it's a lot of the parents of these, te- nice. of our characters, our parents, you're going to get their stories and their own dramas. Oh. And, you know, oh, so, so we get to, we're going to get to meet sister Indica's mom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. And you're going to get to yes. learn more about her in the, in the finale yes. too. So you'll see kind of like, oh my God, this is the character. This is what we're going to get. Oh yeah. I love it. And I already have someone. T- I already have someone tapped to play her. I already have someone tapped to play her. Yeah. So um, we'll see if she's still interested in playing that role. But she did. I did tap her many moons ago to do that particular part. But it just never got written. I feel like you read my mind through Zoom because I literally was going to ask you if you had any plans to spin off Blaze in any capacity. Yeah. And then you just fully went into this prequel before I could ask it. And I'm just like, I was just sitting here just like, I swear to God, you like rifled through my mind and was like, oh, he's going to ask yeah. this. So I'm just going to talk about it anyways. <laughs> well, and I, and I also plan to do another spinoff, which is the future. Like what, like... <sighs> Because um, in the show, I have I have a daughter named Angelica, and I always yeah. plan. And 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 Angelica was the star of my soap operas that I wrote as a child. It was two people. Oh, I had like awesome. I had these two characters. Oh. One was a girl named Angelica, and one was this boy named Elijah, her best friend, who's this big queen, a big like a big queen. And I wrote him gay <laughs> at a very young age. You know, obviously projecting, <laughs> and you know, even before I came out, I had written about this gay character. So, um, so I plan to have uh, something happen in the like take place in the future with like her all grown up, her friends, her life totally separate from uh, from Blazed, but you know, just a spinoff. But yeah, I'm so year, here for years this. into the future, years that'd be future. awesome. Yeah, I wasn't ready to leave Misty River, so like, yeah, I'm, me I'm neither. very excited that there's more plans for it. No, I know. I, yeah. like, I know that like, you know, this is like the ending for Blaze that you would plan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is what you wanted to do. And that's fantastic. I love that. But I was just like, I do love the whole setting that it's in. So I'm excited that we do get to more of that. And I'm excited too, because um, especially for the next audio film, Journey to Oblivion that we're about to produce, because I cast a friend of mine named Tuesday Thomas to play a character named Judy Good, who is this woman who runs the commune with Morgana Prince, uh, the, the character Morgana Prince, who is this powerful witch, but she lives on a commune with all women. And Judy is her, they also like, grow marijuana and they make money selling that to the local dispensaries in Misty River. So that's how they, they do. that's how they keep their that's how they keep their farm their, their commune going is they sell but, weed to the, the to the city. So that well, is that, enough to keep them going. I'm so here for that. Yeah, that 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 explains Pandora's um, unlimited supply. 
Right, and her, uh, her, you know, where she learned how to grow. So uh, they all seem to have an unlimited supply on Blaze. I'm very jealous of that. Oh like, yeah, it, it, always, it always just appears out of thin air. I'm just like, where's well, my blunt out of thin air? I will tell you, um, there is a lot. I told Rosie, I'm like, I want people to do like a, like to hit a joint or a bowl or their blunt every time a character does in this next version of Blazed because it, it is so heavy. It is, it, it's literally every other second oh, someone is hitting yes. a joint. Matt, you right mentioned this alley. during this talk show with Rosie and yeah. I think it was before you could see the comments because I commented and I was like, I fully accept the challenge and yeah. we'll be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to tell you this character, um, that Tuesday Thomas plays, I had written it one way in my mind and I had never auditioned her because she's just my friend. That's I just choose friends. I'm like, okay, you're going to yeah. play this. You're going to play this. And God, I hope it comes out good. Uh, you know, I don't make them read Work. or anything. I just cast my friends. They're all people I know in this show. So, yeah. so we did the table read and she created, she brought something to this character that I never expected it to be brought. She brought it to life in a way I never imagined possible to the point where I'm like, oh my God, because I'm still in the process of writing part five and part six mm -hmm. uh, or part or part six, especially. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad like that I worked this character in so much to part five and part six because she did so well in part four that I'm just like, I was dying laughing. Like she basically stole the show, like this character steals the entire show really it is, it is yes she is my absolute favorite character now and so much so that i'm like okay when i do the prequel she is gonna have a very big role in that prequel nice. because she is just so so fucking hilarious you are going to die when you hear especially oh, tuesday wait. thomas playing the part of judy good she is so get her under contract hilarious. then you gotta get oh, her under my contract God. sneak away Mind blowing, blew my fucking mind. And and I had a similar kind of reaction to um, Fiona Valducci, the character Fiona Valducci, who is played by Divine Grace. I knew Divine Grace is very talented. I, I've known her for many, 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 many years. Uh, and I knew she's a great actress, but having her really bring that character to life in the way she did, oh, I'm just, they're all so impressive. Like the entire cast is yeah. so impressive to me. Um, but I do want to let people know there is another major change that happened to Blazed, which is there's no longer a narrator. It was always a narration-based show before. Um, and I had an amazing narrator, a Sister Bang Bang Ladesh from Manchester, UK. Hysterical. Incredibly yeah. talented artist. The, the accent from nowhere. Yeah. As Incredibly Rosie calls talented. it, the accent yep. from nowhere. <laughs> artificial made-up accent. Uh, but she really is British, but she's just from a different, she's not from that, she ain't from wherever that accent comes from. She ain't from there. <laughs> that imaginary land. She ain't from there, but she really it's is a Misty Rivers accent. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I love, I mean, she was amazing. She was the backbone of the show, but I just changed, I decided that it was, I wanted to create something more cinematic, more immersive, and that relied more on sound design instead of someone kind of like feeding you information. Have it come via sound design, have it come via character dialogue. That's fair. And once I we can. finished, yeah, and once we finished doing the table read, Rosie was like messaging me. She's like, oh, this is, it's like a movie. 
Yeah. So it, the That's the show awesome. itself is already like immersive, even with but like so now it's going to be even more. Oh. So you can just close your eyes and picture it. I never thought of the show as immersive because of the narrator. It always, it, it, I I totally get where I, people were where, where people. I totally get where people come from. I mean, it was immersive to a degree, but I never felt immersed because of the narrator. But uh-huh. without it, and I really it's didn't think true. I, I didn't think I could write it. I didn't think I could pull it off. Like how I didn't, I just thought it would just, the dialogue would be so dumb. Them having to describe everything to you. Like no one talks like that. So I was afraid it wouldn't turn out right. Like how can you describe a world without having someone like a like a narrator like or you know like a, like when you're reading a book they're really descriptive how can you do it otherwise yeah but it, it, i i would i pulled it off and i'm like oh it. wow this is actually wow this is really this is much better it's way better but yeah this mm-hmm. will totally be immersive and I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading up on like surround sound 3d sound um oh. mixing techniques to really make it feel like you are like walking alongside these people. Nice. So exciting. I literally, I, I hope it comes out while it's still warm here because what I really want to do is sit in my hammock and listen to it and smoke with them every single time. Oh, it will. That's definitely what I want to do. It's just like, it'd be so It'll be out. Perfect. I mean, we're going to, we're going to start recording probably with, it'll probably be completely done recording wise by the first week of July. And, oh, then I'll, yes. and then I'm going to dive right into editing, sound design, which will take me about a month. And then, yeah. you know, maybe by mid-August, hopefully, this will be ready to go. Yeah. And, and then and then we'll just dive right into production for the next one. Like, it'll just go right into it because they'll have had a break because I'll have that product. I'll be doing most <laughs> of the production stuff. So they'll have done their stuff a month ago. So they have a month off and then boom, right back into it. Do it back again. Same thing. Get that edited. Yeah. Get that done. Get that released, and then jump right back into production again for part six. Um, nice. I can't. I, be- I I know you said they're gonna Daddy. come back to Alberta, and uh, yes, the whole thing takes place in Alberta. Okay, so like li- literally every time I hear Alberta or the Rockies, as someone who lives there, I I literally like squeal with excitement every do single you, time. Do you know why I, I I reference Alberta? No. Okay. Something. Something. I don't know if you know about me, but I am more, more, as much as I love the Golden Girls, I love Katie Lang a thousand times more. Oh, okay. I am like the world's biggest Katie yeah. Lang fan. I yeah, didn't know that. On your social media. <laughs> Katie Lang, Katie Lang was born and raised in Consort, Alberta. So because okay. of Katie Lang, I, I reference Alberta, but because of my best friend, Big Mel, I reference Jasper because she um, works in the, the 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 library field. She's a, like basically a librarian, okay. but not really. But she works in the field of library sciences, and Ooh. she had a lot of clients. Like she, the company that she used to work for, one of her territories was all of Canada, and so she would regularly go to all the different provinces to meet with different clients. Mm-hmm. Um, different universities and stuff like that. So she would often go to, to um, I think it was Calgary. That's really close to Jasper, right? Where you can easily drive um, to. It's Edmonton. Edmonton's really close to Jasper. Okay, um, then it's Calgary's Edmonton. Really close to Banff. Boom. Yeah, it was Edmonton then. So yeah. she would go to that university, and then she would 
take a little day trip out to um, Jasper while she was there. And she would go hiking, take pictures. That's and nice. just, just seeing the pictures that she would take and hearing her talk about it, I'm like, oh my God, as someone who really loves mountains and wilderness and nature, I'm like, oh, this looks like my dream place that I would love to visit as a just to go vacationing. So uh, you, when they open was, the borders and you can if you can ever get up to Calgary, I will I used to live in Banff actually. So like I can take you all through Banff and show you all the awesome shit. Oh I'm as soon as those borders open, I'm definitely I'm, I'm at least going to Vancouver because it's just right over the border. Yeah. So I'm I'm at least going there. I'm just wait I can't wait to just go just go to Vancouver and check that out because I've always wanted to go there because in 1995 Katie Lang did an album called All You Can Eat and she recorded it in Vancouver and she did a whole special on the making of the album All You Can Eat and you can see a lot of Vancouver in this video and I just thought it was absolutely breathtaking and gorgeous so I have to go to Vancouver because that's where she recorded All You Can Eat. That's fair. I will say watch where you step in Vancouver. Why? Needles? Uh, needles or people that are overdosed or a combination of the two. Honey, I live in Portland. Yeah, it's, yeah, Vancouver is just like, <laughs> <yeah>. Next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I've, I've seen a decent amount of Canada and like, I, I've, I've been least impressed with Vancouver, let me tell you. And I've seen the prairie cities, so. Yeah, I'm also from Detroit, so, you know, yeah. I have families who are crack, I have family members who are crackheads. Like, come on now. You think I'm afraid of you think I'm afraid of a few stray needles on the ground? I mean, yeah, like it's just like I was there for work, so I was just like, I didn't have time for that shit. I was just like, fuck you. Like I'm already up super early to go to work at the Cirque site. I don't want to deal with this bullshit. It was just, yeah, it was very obnoxious. And Vancouver, like, when you live in Canada, they're like, we're so green and we're so clean and we treat our homeless people so good. And then you go there and they're like stepping over homeless people like ew. Ew. Well, I'm an American and I am bona fide white trash from Detroit, Michigan. And we don't care about homeless people. We don't care about anybody, in fact. You can't even look someone in the eye when you pass them because that could be seen as an act of aggression. That, that's how, like in Toronto, you don't look at really, you don't look at anybody. You just kind of keep it going. That's where I'm from originally. Oh, well, did, uh, did you ever, did you have, you, have you ever spent any time in Windsor? In Windsor, I've seen Windsor. It's terrible. Um, Windsor to me, because I lived in across the other border. Yeah. To me, going to Windsor was like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, when you're standing in Windsor and looking at the Ameri like looking over the, the river, whatever. Yeah, I can see how that would make sense. But um, like, ooh, this is so fancy. Going from like Toronto to Windsor, you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, yeah, that was like the Holy Land for me. Um, so we, that's all my best friend and I, Big Mel. That's what we would do. We would just drive yeah. across the border go drinking at the casinos, go to the gay bar that had the strip club at the bottom of the bar that did not allow women and she got thrown out. <laughs> She's like, try to go well, go downstairs, but get out. They just threw her out. And I'm like, well, I can't leave you she alone should have pretended, up there. She should have just gotten done up as like a drag queen just to like pretend that she had a dick. Right. <laughs> well, we didn't think it through. We were too young to have those schemes invented <laughs> in our minds. We just left, but I was just very sad. I try, I wanted her to, I, I really wanted to enjoy that strip club, but I couldn't because she was cock blocked me basically. Aww. Literally. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I got like as a as a Torontonian, we usually avoided Windsor. So like um, when I went out to um, Muskegon, okay, um, I used to go to a, a little a little festival. It's not little anymore. Called Electric Forest. Not familiar. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a jam band slash electric really? slash everything festival. Um, and it happens on a ranch, and the dead used to play there. It's in well, you know what though? Like when I live Rothbury Music Festival, I think. Well, when I grew up in Michigan, I was not listening to jam bands. I was aware of the Grateful Dead. I was aware of Fish because I had a lot of friends that were hippies. Yeah. And I would always go to drum circles because these were also the same people that sold my sold me my drugs. Oh my so, god, I miss drum circles. So I would go to these drum circles not because I was a hippie, but because my friends were and I'm like okay I can appreciate this vibe like I was never a part of any particular subculture but I had friends who were like goth kids like my friend Kelly who is big melon we were all three best friends um yeah. Kelly was a goth girl I go to goth clubs with Kelly in Detroit uh my friend Jason was a hippie and I'd go to his drum circles and he was the biggest fan of the, the biggest fan of fish and I had no interest in them until I moved to Boston, went to college, met my partner, who is the biggest Grateful Dead and Fish fan <laughs> on the planet. And now, all these years later, I mean, I'm I love jam bands. I, I've been to so many. I've seen Fish almost forty times. I've seen the Grateful Dead wow. six or seven. Oh, um, I'm jealous. And I I'm mean, a other big jam bands. Fan. Okay. Okay. Cheese is where it's at for me. I don't know why. Yeah, not me. I, I really only got into um, Fish, The Grateful Dead, um, Widespread Panic. I have been to one of their shows, and I'm not necessarily a Widespread, fan, widespread Panic fan, but I have been to one of their shows, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, so they're good. But yeah, in terms of jam bands, that's really that's really where I stayed. And and I am more of a fish fan than I am a Grateful Dead fan. I'm definitely more of a fish fan, but my partner is more of a dead fan. No, I mean, yeah, I'm, I love the dead, um, but I find Byron doesn't like them that much. So I usually just put on string cheese incident because he actually likes them. Yeah. I just never got into them. There's also another band called green lemon from Colorado. I like them. They're, I guess they would be considered a jam band, but a lot of the, people that I've, I've listened to in the past, like in the 2000s, not a lot of these bands are still going. So it's it's just like, you know, picking the ones of who's still really out uh, there. It's, you know? It's hit and miss. Yeah, it's such a hit and miss genre. They'll like, they just yeah. get old and then they're done. Yeah. Or they're just already like, old. <laughs> yeah, there was just so much good music in the 2000s that were like either indie rock or jam band, but I would say somewhere in between some bands yeah. that were kind of like they jammed out but they were definitely more on the indie side of things that are just not working or just they're just not pumping out material like they used to or or they completely broke up and it's just so depressing because they were so fucking good yeah i find that happens like there's a lot of people i looked at electric forest that aren't really doing much anymore yeah or I find they do too much. Like, I love Lettuce, but like, and they're like a jam band, funk band, but like, they do too much. And it's have you like, ever heard I can't of a, keep up. Have you ever heard of a band called Particle? No. Oh, well, they were a Southern California, like, 
jam band and then they started doing like electronic jam band I'm and then they kind of co- then okay, they combine the two i don't know if they are i'm gonna look um but they, they they've definitely changed over the years like if you were to listen to something that they made now versus what something they made 15 years ago it's completely different um they just changed over the years but they were oh going to their shows like oh my god we'd always see them in, in san diego at some venue they always played everywhere and it was just like yeah, very few vocals it was all just jamming the whole time, and I just fucking love. I love uh, that. I need I need you to link me some of their stuff because I love that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, like I I used to like just like blast explosions in the sky some days. <laughs> yeah, I don't know explosions in the sky. But... They are just purely instrumental. I do love instrumentals. I do love when people don't. There's also this band from Maryland that was so good in the 2000s, and they are not performing anymore and it just depresses me. They're called Lake Trout. And I love that they're, name. They were jam bandy, like kind of like that funky jam band type stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. Or actually had like a little bit of a jazzy kind of flavor. Their very first album was very along those lines, but then they completely changed and went very like almost Radiohead kind of world. Weird. They got they went to a whole but it was good. And then they just broke up and they don't they don't perform anymore, but they are so good and they're very jammy. They're definitely in that gray area between jam band and just indie rock. Oh, I love that. I love that weird space. Mm-hmm. I Trish, are you even still like awake? Are we like <laughs> I'm taking notes? <laughs> I promise I'm taking notes. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you listen to that kind of music, Trish, but I I swear, it, I used to hate it, but I swear as it's like, as you get older, it's oh. worth giving more of a shot. Oh. I listen to rock opera. So I oh, okay, yeah, so okay, this isn't weird. I listen to everything. I was just rock like, opera is good. Like we're killing her. I, that, is that, I is, wish. Night Wish is one of my favorites. That's I was gonna say, are you like a fan of like King Diamond? Is it that kind of rock opera? I can't help you with that. Uh, I've heard a couple of songs from King Diamond. They're good, but I have to delve a little more into them. So anytime people suggest music, I take notes from choir. Yeah. I'm writing down bad names and songs and to listen to. Yeah, he was like a little person that was a trained opera singer who then went into death metal and so he that's so intense i know my brother was a big fan i was not really that much of a fan i just loved his operatic range yeah you know so it was my one way of going okay my older brother if you're gonna force me to listen to like death metal like let me try to find the things i can enjoy about it so i can stand it um so i'm like oh okay i like that he was very conceptual he would he almost his albums were like stories and they had like a plot and it was very much operatic and just really overly dramatic and just very dark and death metally um nice. just very dramatic very much rock opera i think like yeah yeah i do love that i love like very theatrical metal yeah it's very theatrical that's why i fell in love with dear on gray it's like ja- they're a japanese metal band and they're like very theatrical Oh, is that the one that you you had me listen to? Probably, yeah. You, yeah. They're very. It's a very aggressive sound, but like they're so yeah. theatrical. They all look like women too, like so gender bending, and like they were doing this in like the early two thousands when like no one really wanted to see that. I think most of my favorite type of artists are people, or or the 
concerts I go to or just the bands I see look like people that just walked out of the audience and got on stage. Like they don't, there's, there's no like, you know, <laughs> they don't even dress up. Like they're just like, they look like, they look like garbage. They just look, they just, they look so casual and like, you know, they're not even trying. Like they that's, just, they just that's how up. Crystal Castles looks, and right. I say I say that because I I found them walking through the crowd before they had to walk up to do their set. <laughs> right, they just look they just blend in. Like that's yeah, they did, like, and it wasn't until I realized I was like, wait, no, that's that's Alice Glass and Ethan Cap. Like I thought I went up and said hi to them, but yeah, no, they look they just look like they were random people walking to go to the bar. Yeah, like at their really, own show. Like, yeah, like that's usually yeah. That, that I don't really see a lot of. I don't really watch a lot of theatrical type performers it's which is bizarre i i would one would think that that would be exactly what i liked but it just is so yeah. just so happens that they're all pretty normal looking people they just sound I mean, amazing i mean the theatrical thing kind of backfires sometimes because i did see Daron gray the first time they ever came to toronto and during the second or third song the lead singer he was like four foot nothing he's like really short japanese dude and um, so we had these like metal risers that he would stand on. <laughs> well, he smoked his head off the corner of one in like the second or third song. He did like one or two more songs and then they had to rush him off to the hospital. Oh my God. Ooh. Yeah, so we got like, so we didn't get to like carve any words into his chest or do any like the ridiculous shit he usually does on stage. It was very disappointing. Courtney Love pulled some antics similar to that. She didn't fall and hit her head, but she's, she, she was like fucking idols. She, I saw her um, like in '99, I think it was that tour, because it was when she was touring with Marilyn Manson. So I bought. I was in college at the time in Boston, and I bought tickets to see them both in the Boston area mm-hmm. as that co, you know, headlining tour. But by the time the show got to Boston. They had broken up. <laughs> they had a fight. They had a falling out, and they severed the tour. Like they quit touring together. So I had to see Marilyn. I had no interest in seeing Marilyn Manson. I went. I got the tickets because I wanted to see Hole. Absolutely. Well, I ended up going to see Marilyn Manson, which was a very theatrical. It was very. He's good. Go- he was good, man. Well, this I was at the work. height of their drama and theater because it was for the album Mechanical Animals, and it had like the most dramatic glam rock. Oh, was that when like set? Was that when Twiggy okay. had like the um, keyboard swinging from the tree on chains? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw. I did. I saw them with that set too, and they had this saint come down like he was Hitler. Well, they had everyone. Yeah, they did that, and then like yeah. it also it starts. It starts where he is on a cross of television sets, and he's like rising up from the stage, like on this cross of TVs. Yeah, and that's how the whole show it starts. It was so good. It was. Oh like, I can't believe I, we saw the same fucking show. I became a fan at that point because I'm like, wow, this is so. It was like going to a Broadway show. It was so. It was so well done. Oh, it was. Um, so I saw that, but then that summer when I went home for school. Um, I had other tickets to see Hole in Detroit. And so Courtney like jumped on like a curtain or something like that. And she was she was perilously close, to, like just like she jumped on a pillar or something like that off the stage. She was really close to just falling down and like that sounds like Courtney. Cracking her head open. And I was like, yeah. you know what? I wish she did. Because they were so bad. They were really? so awful. Yes. Terrible. And I'm just <sighs> like, I wish you did fall, bitch, because you are awful live i, I do so i love angry. her though i don't know why 
No, I do love her. That's why I was so excited. It was right when they put out Celebrity Skin, yeah. that album. It was for that tour. Yeah. The yeah, last album, album they good, put out was but... so good. I love that album. Fucking Pacific Coast Highway is like, oh my God. I love just like having a glass of wine and listening to that song. Yeah, I like anything that's got California imagery. Yeah. As someone who lived in California for so many years, I just love, you know, that kind of LA, Southern California, beachy kind of vibe. Still you know never that. been to California. You got to. You got to. I, I do. I do need to. Um, when one of my friends moves back to San Diego, I have to go down and yeah. Visit, so, absolutely, you have to. Yeah. Especially San Diego, it's beautiful. Yeah, I would honestly would, love I... to just do like a road trip because like there's a few people along the West Coast that I'd like to see. So, it would be kind of more fun to do the road trip down and come back up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Plus, I love staying in those like shitty motels where you might die tomorrow. <laughs> Well, I do too because I'm, I'm cheap. here for it. Yeah, they're cheap. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is, though. For our honeymoon, I think I spent for seven days or like seven nights. I think I spent five hundred dollars total on accommodation. <laughs> I love it. I shit you not. And we had like it was like an apartment. <laughs> oh, even better. Yeah, we had like a full living room, full kitchen. Um, our bedroom was like a full other room, and then the bathroom. It was like a full apartment. It was fucking great. I'd stay there again. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. If you ever go to Vancouver Island and you want to like do it on the cheap, I can tell you where to stay. And it's oh yeah, I definitely want to do it. On, yeah, I definitely want to do it on the cheap. Yeah, it's central in the it, always. <laughs> if you stay in Port Alberni, the nice thing is it's, it's like it's very central in terms of like being on Vancouver Island. So like. You're 45 minutes away from Nanaimo. I think you're like two hours away from Tofino or Euclid or three hours. And then I think you're like three or four from Victoria. Nice. Yeah. So like, you know what I mean? Like you can go anywhere from Port Alberni and it's cheap and it's nice. And like, it might like look like the kind of place where they don't want homos there, but like they absolutely <laughs> don't give a shit. Oh no, they don't give a shit there. They're cool. They I found a pride walk while I was there. So... Yeah. BC is a pretty chill place, though. If you smoke weed, BC... Like, I do. I do smoke yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Like, then BC... Like, then you'll love BC. Otherwise, I'd have to change my name. <laughs> oh, I, I was... Uh, I was uh, I was trying to be on your brand today, so I was smoking a hybrid. Because I generally don't like to smoke indica first thing in the morning because I have shit to do. So I was smoking a... What? Like, it was... I think it was a 70-30 hybrid. I actually, believe it or not, prefer sativas. <laughs> I mean, like, I just I think the get... word and I just think the word indica is beautiful, and I just like the way I just like the word indica. It, I, I like what it stands for. I like kind of like the um, the the properties of it because it I makes think me it think fits. of a magical color. Yeah, it's like I think it fits it my energy as a as a as an artist. It fits my vibe of you know in the whole it matches your voice well I also will, will uh, well thank you but it also yeah. like it also if you like look at what a sati or uh, what an indica does that's this medicinal properties is that it's a it's a painkiller yeah and the whole reason i am an artist the whole reason i do anything i do is of course in one part to entertain but in another part to heal and to yeah. share my traumas, whether it's through fiction, 
<laughs> fictionalized versions of my traumas, whether it's me talking about it on a podcast, whether it's me putting it to music and a song or what have you. The whole reason I do it is the end result is to make people feel like they're not alone and for people to heal their pain. So the fact that Indica is a pain healer or a painkiller is a big reason why I chose that versus calling myself anything else. It's like, I liked the beautiful word, but then I also love the fact that it um, it's, it's to um, kill the pain. Yeah, I mean, it's the, what it, what, like you can't go with a more beautiful term in terms of marijuana. Right. I love it. Um, I don't know. As I soon as I heard your name, you. I was like, I love it. Like, your name just makes me think of like someone who would instantly just like make me feel relaxed and calm and at ease. And like, since I've been talking to you, like even before we did the podcast, um, you really do that. Like yesterday, yesterday I was like talking to you about my medications, just like completely fucking off the cuff. Um, <laughs> Cause yeah, you're, just, you're I don't know. You're just really easy to talk to. Well, thank yeah. you. That's a that's a very big compliment. Yeah, and that's like, and that's the reason I do what I do, honestly. Yeah, and oh. you've mentioned that you do put you do write music, and you have two albums out right and right now, correct? I do. I um I did two albums with uh, an artist named Daniel Cox, who is part of the band Lover L O V U R, on Spotify, etc fantastic musician just a brilliant kid he's like in his 20s early 20s and i just love the fact that he has such a youthful unique um cutting edge approach to dance music production and just the the way that he hears music um we decided to collaborate and i wanted to celebrate the 20th anniversary of my first record being released when i was uh like 20 years old back in 1999 <laughs> I put my first album out and it was a little five song EP and I'm like you know what I didn't like the I didn't like it this for reasons it didn't age well for me personally because I'm a better singer now so <laughs> I'm like uh, so there's for some one reason or another I'm like oh like I can hear I'm flat or off here and so I just basically buried it and I just I took it off there's no you can't find it so, but I love the songs. And I'm like, you know, I'd really love to redo these songs, give it a, a, a current energy, just completely transform them from what they were originally to just dance music. So, so um, we decided to work together and we did that. We did that over two, a, a span of two EPs, which if you put them both together, they form a complete album and they are mostly comprised of songs. Yeah, that I wrote when I was a teenager mm -hmm. and just reinvented them now. And we are currently working on a brand new full length album, which is comprised mostly of songs that I've written in the last couple years. But there are a handful of songs I wrote um, like 10 years ago, but they're very conceptual, never were released, mm -hmm. but it really fits the vibe of the brand new songs. So it's gonna be very, very much like a concept album and it's gonna, it's gonna be very dramatic. You'll, it's, it's just, it's I really do good. Love a good concept album, but it's all brand new. Yeah. It's, it is, yeah. it, it, it for the most part, it's brand new stuff, and it's um, very different than what we've currently released. But I just, I love the songs way more, and I wasn't sure if after all those years that I would 
still have it. Like if I could still write songs, cause I just haven't really written that many songs like I did when I was a teenager. So I'm like, am I over it? Do I even have the writing? Do I, can I do it? Can I write a song I like? And I wrote a handful of songs I liked. So then they all have a theme. So, and they fit the first five songs, which were from 10 years ago that just never got released. So put them together and it creates a really great story. You're just writing everything right now. You can't be put down. Like not at all. You know, when I was younger in my twenties, in my teens, I always assumed that when people got, as they got older, they, their creativity just decreased kind of like with, you know, like the older you get, the more your priorities change and you get busy with life and you've got, you know, a full-time job and, and you just don't make time for your work. And it's just basically like, you just, you just get over it and you just quit doing it. You know, that's just get stuck in a rut. Yeah. Or you just like, you know, Hey, I give up that hobby and I just become a normal person that just works and I'm a normal adult. And I just assumed that I would just get grow tired of what I was doing and just eventually just stop. Like it would just fade away because your creativity in my mind faded as you got older. That's just the way I always thought of things. So I was always in a rush to do everything young because I thought that's when it all is. That's when you're really an artist is when you're young and then you just become old and boring. Well, it has been quite the opposite for me as an artist. I am way more actively creative now than I've ever been in my life. And I'm 42 and I've never been more just prolific with my art. Like I've just never done this much. So it's a nice surprise. It's a shock to me, but it's just a really happy surprise that I was really wrong, that it doesn't have anything to do with your, your artistic output has nothing to do with age at all. It really is just you making room for it in your life, making, keeping space open for it. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just happy that I allowed myself at a, at a, at a point in my life in my thirties is probably when it was that I allowed myself to want more than one dream and allowed myself to make room for more than one dream because for so many years, I never thought I would do anything other than make music. And I'd pigeonhole myself as a singer songwriter and that that's all I could do. That's all I was. That's my identity. There's that's it. That's that's who and what I am. And there are other things that I could have done that I didn't do because I thought that would deter me from my role and path as a singer songwriter. And I wouldn't allow myself to have other dreams. And then in my thirties, I started to allow myself to do that. And that's when it opened up to drag. It opened up to, you know, audio dramas, to doing a podcast for many years, to doing new music or, you know, or even doing music again. I never thought I even do music again, period. I thought those days were over, like all that kind of stuff. It's like now I'm having, cause I've allowed myself that, um, to not narrowly define myself. I allowed myself to stay open and to not now like, like I'm doing that Twitch, you know, videos or doing the yeah. Twitch talk show, you know, like all these different things. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm, I will allow myself to just whatever comes into mind, whatever creative passion I have, no matter what field it's in, I'm gonna embrace it and run with it. I'm not gonna deny it. So that's probably been the biggest biggest change over the last decade is that I just allowed myself room for other dreams. And I would would encourage anyone who feels that they've narrowly um, 
kind of put themselves into a box, a creative box, that they've narrowed their creative vision, I would say, you know, just allow yourself to have room for other things because you never know. I never thought that this is what I would, I would be doing at 42 and that I would be doing these types of creative adventures. So, you know, and I'm, I'm happier creatively now than I was when I was knee deep in being a singer songwriter thinking that's who I was. Like I'm much happier doing this than I was just doing music. Like it's not even a comparison. That's awesome. And like, thank, thank you for saying that. Cause like I, I'm just going to say I needed to hear that because like I just like, well, first of all, I was with an ex who like stifled all of my creativity for a decade of my life. And then it wasn't until I'm with my now husband that I finally started doing creative things. And it started with this podcast. I'm going to stop you right there and read you a little bit. Do it. Your partner did not stifle your creativity. You allowed your creativity to be stifled by somebody else. Own it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Own no, your role exactly in that because yeah. yeah, you let yourself do that. I did because I knew if I pushed what I wanted to do, the relationship would completely dissolve. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awful. But I mean, obviously it worked out for the best. Oh, it absolutely did. Um, but yeah, no, like, thank you for saying that. Cause like on it, like, you know, I had people like push me They're like, you, you know, like you have this, you want to do these things, do these things. And I was just like, eh, you know, I don't, you know what I mean? Like twiddling my thumbs with like, not doing anything and then I think it was yeah the, the only reason I started doing drag was because Charlie Hyde's bingo was like we're doing a drag ball and me and Byron were like fuck it we're gonna do it and now I like now I do it on fucking Thursday because I'm bored on live with my friend <laughs> well you know what and I would also say to other people too and this is one of the lessons I I imparted to my drab daughter Rosie Bush is <laughs> that um don't don't wait for all of the factors to be right for you to do something that you want to do whatever dream you want to achieve because i know some people like you know what i would love to do i would love to do like a web series on youtube but i have to make sure i've got uh, a really high quality camera a high quality uh someone ready to do my editing uh, basically, they want to be at the level of like someone who's been doing it for 10 years, but they want to be that at that level out the gate right away. So they're waiting for all of the factors to be perfect before they indulge their dreams. And so to anyone, I would say, if there's anything that you want to do, just do it now. And it may not be exactly what you have created in your mind, but you will have at least created something. And yeah. and in the act of doing something, you're going to learn tips and tricks or, you know, learn how to avoid certain mistakes. And then the next time you do it, you're taking, oops, sorry, there's a, <laughs> some, I live right on this big main street, up, no, as you can, as you can hear. It's so basically, things it's like, ha- it's life like, happens yeah. around us. We can't, we can't like, we cannot pretend that we live in a bubble while we're podcasting. It's right. Fine. So, so basically it's just like, you might, you, you, let's say you wanted to do an, a podcast, but you don't have the most highest quality microphones or you don't have this uh, skills on how to create your own theme song or really to, to, to even do it editing that well. Whatever yeah. the case may be, whatever dream you have, just do it. And yeah, it might not be what you want initially, but over time, you're going to get better. But you're not yeah. going to start, you're not going to start any creative, any creative endeavor you're not going to start at the level of a prof- uh, of a professional 
you have to go on a journey to get there. Oh yeah. And so there's so many people that want to skip the journey and go right to the end result. And they let that stop them from doing anything. So it's just, yeah, no, you have to push like, especially when it gets hard. Like we've already learned that with the, doing this podcast is like, you know, things get hard. And if you don't push through, it's really easy just to sit there and be like, okay, well, that's it. It was good. Right. You have to allow yourself the journey. You have yeah. to, mm. that's the whole point of anything, any creative endeavor that you do. The yeah. entire point is in the getting the idea, starting it out, tweaking things, yeah. refining your skills, getting better, getting better. And then you f- fast forward to like seven years in the future and you have all of these skills and you're really good with audio editing and you have all this knowledge on audio, on the way that you set up audio and how you mix it and blah, 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 blah. You have all these skills and it's like whatever, what you used to think was very difficult becomes very easy because now you're just it's second nature to you, but you have to earn it. Yeah. And it's no matter it's, what it is, you have to earn it. Fun. Like I've, I've enjoyed doing this podcast. Like the first time I did a podcast, it was just an interview and I was like, holy shit, the audio and, and shit I'm recording on just my laptop is garbage. So then when me and Trish decided to do this, I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a, you know, not like an amazing microphone, but a microphone. It's good quality. And, yeah. And I'm actually like, I'm enjoying the experience of being like, okay, no, I actually need this now. Like I'm realizing, okay, shit, I need to upgrade my laptop now. You know what I mean? But like, I'm enjoying that experience and that journey of being like, okay, no, this just isn't working. I need to upgrade this or like, I need to tweak this. I will say this though too. um, When you open yourself up to the journey, the universe gives you what you need. Because when I started, um, I really wanted to do this podcast when I finally got, you know, the balls or whatever to do it the cojones it's like the second person I got to interview was Matt it's like we vibe we click I'm Matt like let's do this co-hosting thing and then Matt's like oh well I know how to do this and I can do this and I can do this it's like and slowly we've been getting things a little bit better a little bit smoother so yeah you have to open yourself up to the journey and like you said you improve little by little you can't skip the journey Right. And I, and I, you know, it's not, not that I'm obsessed with her or anything, but when you talk about Rosie's um, web series in the kitchen with Rosie, yes. you know, when, when she first started it, like I did the first, I recorded her first episode with her and I remember just what an emotional day it was and she was crying and everything was going wrong Aww. and nothing was going right. And it was just like, you know, I could tell she still didn't really have it fully formed in her mind what she wanted to do, but I'm like, no, we're getting something. I don't care what it is. Scrap the original idea. Something is getting put on video. Yeah. I, I, I'm spending all these hours rec- recording this with you. We're getting something on video. You're in drag. Wipe your tears and roll. Yeah. So, um, so then, but then as I've, as you watch the show, I've seen her develop. I've seen her come out of her shell. I've seen her really, really refine and, and like, no, this is what my show is and really take control as host and and really own the spotlight and really own the process. And then you see she's on her third season. And, and yes, like you said, Trish, open up yourself and then all these resources come in. So she got all these people that are amazingly talented to do, you know, lighting, uh, you know, recording with, you know, great cameras, fantastic editing, like see her season three debut. 
And then you look at her very first episode when we're making a martini, I think is what the first episode. Night and day, night and day. And she had just finished crying. And I'm like, wipe your tears and we're gonna roll this footage. You're gonna make a martini, you know? So if you look at that, that's after a day of a mental and emotional breakdown. Look at the very first video, look at the most recent video. And it's a night and day difference because she allowed herself to go on that journey. If she had, if she had gotten discouraged at the first taping and gone like, I can't do this the fuck I, what am i do, thinking i can't do this i'm just gonna scrap this idea it just didn't work out she would have completely neglected her entire journey she wouldn't be doing what she's doing now and the sky's the limit you don't know what that can turn into so you and know she, she learned herself, are invaluable yes i mean and just watching her just blossom as a as a queen from you know just starting to how beautiful and how great her wigs are and her outfits and what a fantastic actress she is and you know, a great performer in drag, just all these things. It's just, it's nice to see someone allow themselves to go on that journey. Cause I've seen in front of my eyes, the visual like manifest, like I've, I've watched her grow and it's, it's easier to see someone else to go through that because you know, it's, you just, you just kind of go through your changes and maybe you don't realize, you know, yeah, it's exactly. very hard. To, it's very hard yeah. to look in the mirror and see where you've come from, especially because you you just see like you it see just, it. It happens in right? micro amounts, right? Exactly. So, it just it just you just slide into that. But it's like boiled it, frog syndrome. You know okay. what I mean? Like you put a, a frog in cold water and turn on the heat, it'll boil itself because it doesn't it doesn't know the water's boiling because it slowly gets warmer and warmer with the water. Right. It's essentially, right. like growing, you don't see it. Exactly. But yeah, when it's someone else, you can really, really see it really very clearly. So yeah, she's definitely a, a physical representation of that. You know, allow yourself to have a journey and look where you can go. And she's just getting started. And I'm so excited to see where she goes. I'm so excited to see where Blaze goes. I hope the audience increases because, you know, for so when you do something like that, especially something that takes all that kind of time and effort and energy, like, yeah. You don't know if people are even, I mean, you see the numbers, you know that they're downloading it, but you don't know if they're liking it. You don't know if they're new people or old people or if you don't know, unless they tell you, yeah. hey, I like it. So you don't know. So you assume, okay, well, I mean, I don't know if people even like it. So, but you're doing it and you're spending really all the wish- time and energy. So it's nice to hear positive feedback on it because I really don't, don't get a lot of feedback. So I don't really know what people think. Well, I can say, uh, I... I love it and I've gotten some friends that um I think I think Lonnie's listened to it and I know she listens to the podcast um and I think she really likes Blaze so yeah no it's definitely working its way around pretty much everyone I know that kind of like digs any kind of soap opera but also smokes weed in any capacity I'm like hey you need to check out this show and sober people can listen to it too uh, well, yeah, but I just like I find like so I just find that like, don't my pigeonhole it. Friends really love the like the like soap opera plus the stoner angle. I'm just yeah, kidding. I'm just kidding. like stoners love a stoner angle. They live. They're just like yeah, oh, yes. smoke weed, smoke weed on TV, smoke weed in the movie. It's a lifestyle, like, baby. Yeah, so you know that's why like all my stoner friends, I'm like you need to listen to this shit because it's fucking hysterical. It's, it's always so just good. like oh, so and so rolled a blunt and then or like here let's smoke a blunt. Like I I love it. Also, do you, do you like, where's the budget for blunt papers on that? Just <laughs> you know what? I prefer to smoke a bong and I prefer glass with water because 
Thank smoking you. anything with paper. I don't really even smoke that many joints because it's just, it's so harsh, but I will smoke a joint, but I never smoke blunts. That's I the only difference blunts. between my character and the in Blazed and in real life. The only difference between us is that I don't smoke blunts. Everything else is exactly the same. I'm a cisgender biological woman, just like my character. Absolutely. Um, and I just so happen to only smoke joints, never blunts. That's fair. I had I'm, to make a I'm, fiction, you know. Once you get older, blunts are very harsh. It's a, it's a it, blunts are a young person's game. Absolutely. Uh, so, I think we've uh, we've done this for quite some time now, and I know that you did have some stuff to do today, Sister Indica. So, I yeah. think we should let you go. <laughs> I always have I always have to do my grocery list. I got to make my menu for the week. I have to do my list for grocery shopping. I got to clean the house. I have chores to do. I wish I had the money that my character in Blazed has, but unfortunately that is also fiction. I am not that rich. It's so okay. Uh, I don't have a don't housekeeper. Have to do on Saturdays. It's Saturdays is like the unofficial chore day, right? So exactly. Yeah, it yep, it's my yeah. chore day. So but it's been so wonderful talking to you guys. And I I'm, I'm I thank you so much for having me on. I thank you so much. I thank you so much for the kind words you said about my show. I listened to your feedback. Um, and it definitely inspired me to keep going and to maybe light a fire under me, knowing that I had people that were wanting to hear stuff. Well, <laughs> like, okay, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll get cracking on this. I can say so. you absolutely had me and Trish gagged and gooped during this past episode of This Talk Show Will Self-Destruct when you were talking about how we helped inspire you a little bit in certain things. Oh, absolutely, um, you absolutely yeah, it was did. No, it's just incredible to know that we yeah. even helped moderately a little bit yeah tiny bit yeah yeah trisha definitely just totally changed the entire direction of the show so so that was absolutely her planting that seed and yeah definitely i I, it would probably still be episodic otherwise so i'm glad you i'm glad you did because it's much easier to do it this way thank you well i think i've listened to blaze all our lives like from like the pilot to the to um was it desperate business which is the last season that you've done like at least five times Yay! Well, I, I, I know you're going to love what I have in store for you in part four, which we're going to, like I said, we're going to go into production now. Um, I am doing a new episode of this talk show, Will Self-Destruct, next Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific time. So it's a little bit later on the East Coast for you, but Beach. I had to push it because I have a day job. So, but it will definitely be on next Friday. So okay. come hang out with me awesome. on Twitch, twitch.tv slash oh, this talk show. And um, I'll gab about this appearance. I'll talk, I'll give more updates on Blazed and then I'll just have a bunch of other things to talk about and I'll be alone. So I'll definitely need the audience interaction um, and questions from the audience. So um, yeah, come hang out. As an an OG, I'll be there. You damn right. (laughs) I will, yeah, I will absolutely be sure to um, make sure I'm there for this talk show. I enjoyed it so much last time, so. Yeah, for you guys, it's it's appearance is mandatory, but for everyone else, it is optional, but it's absolutely (laughs) mandatory for you too. Okay, well, you know what? I take that very seriously, so I will absolutely be there. We'll be there. And probably with a wig on, just just because. Just do it. Hey, you yeah, know, just, live, I'll live just your put a hat on for the, the sake of it. Um, hey, every time you do your makeup, you're going to get better at it. That's what I love about doing it is I learn. Yeah, I figure out where things go better every time. 
Right. You're new. So yeah, you need that practice. You need to refine your skills. You need to like go on your own journey and it'll be interesting to see, you know, where you end up in five years or 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. It'll be the eyes are going to be down to my lips. That's the problem. Hey, hey, just do it, girl. <laughs> um, More makeup, please. More. Is there like, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you, where they can like, I, we know we can find Blaze on all the podcast yeah. formats. You can, yeah, you can find like me yourself. on- I really, I'm more of a Twitter person. Like I, I prefer Twitter to then to any social media platform. I'm on them all under Sister Indica, but I yeah. really like Twitter. So follow me on Twitter. I'm the most active there. Um, but yeah, check me out. Check out Blaze. Check out this talk show. Go to my website, we sisterindica.com. Yeah, There's links, links to for... everything. There's links to everything there. Yeah. And yeah, come find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time this morning to talk to us. We appreciate it so much it's been my oh, pleasure more than, yeah this is more was than words can say yeah oh, thank you're you. too nice now i have the and i have like all this energy to get through the day now i love these interviews where i can just like ride the energy wave for the rest of the day <laughs> all right well you have a good one thank you sister day, sister. okay bye 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 all right uh that was amazing um, that was incredible yeah i know trish you also have some things to do so um we will let our listeners go for this week and uh yeah we will be back next week for another kiki all right yep guys we'll catch you next week thanks for listening and have a good one all right bye trish bye bye matt